podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And welcome to another edition of post-conference presser for Anfield Index. I'm your normal host, Dave Davis, coming to you from a pretty rainy, a pretty miserable-looking Edinburgh right now. Whoever says summer's around the corner is a big fat liar, but we'll leave it at that. Because there is plenty to talk about ahead of a Wednesday night game at home against Fulham. So it'll be the natural run order people, so we'll be looking at the press conference, what Klopp said specifically, and boy, did he say a few things. We'll be talking about some clues from Sunday's madness against Spurs. We'll look at Fulham's threats and any concerns they might bring at the same time. We've got to talk about the normal formation and lineups. Bear in mind the injury news we got in the press conference. And then I will, as normal, be wildly, wildly wrong with my predictions. But hey, if we keep winning and I'm wrong, Everyone will take that across the board. So, you know, I'm going to start with what I would describe it. An interesting press conference from all reporters, all the questions that were asked. Jurgen Klopp was naturally the focus, so there was a lot of eyes on this one, understandably, bearing in mind what did happen in the Spurs game. So, the standard opening, Vinny O'Connor comes in from Sky with the worst softening up question about the joking around Klopp and his tear and his hammy. So it's the normal, yeah, I've got a two-seat tear. If I was a player, it'd be six weeks. Thinking he softened him up. No, Vinny. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows what's coming. This was just the eye of the storm, so to speak, before we got stuck into the questions around the PGO MOL and Tierney Gate, as it were. So... Take a deep breath, get your popcorn ready, have a scratch, a sniff, do whatever you need to do because we are about to get stuck into it. So, naturally, asked about the incident, you know, the PGML, Paul Tierney. So, what did Jurgen Klopp start saying? He said, well, the whole situation shouldn't have happened. He referenced emotion and anger, very true. And that's why he celebrated the way he did. One thing he did link, which I think was was quite striking, he almost referenced that City game. So the same situation that led up to those events where he got a red card, didn't he, against City this time? So that time, sorry. So the foul on Mo, a clear foul on Mo Salah, no doubts about it. But somehow the opposition get a free kick. And then, you know, this time it led to a goal, even though it didn't against City. So he was naturally still angry from that. And one thing that he was shouting, because we saw him run up to the fourth official, Shouting, and he said he couldn't remember the exact words, but we've done this without you. Something along those lines. So that's kind of the the short spell of events that led to that situation. He then mentioned that Paul Tierney came over, 
And he was quite honest, the manager said he didn't expect a, a yellow, uh, sorry, a red card, expected a yellow card. Now, this is what sort of the crux of the matter, isn't it, people? What people have jumped on recently, all the journos around after his comments post game. What was said between the two? Well, according to Jurgen Klopp, who we fully believe, we fully respect, that Paul Tierney came over and said, essentially, I would have given you a red card, but because the fourth officials intervened, it's a yellow. So naturally, as Jurgen said, he's thinking, well, a red card for what? That's the sort of turn of events, as he described, that led to him saying what he said in interview, that it wasn't okay. He did admit, use an interesting analogy, that he opened the box. He does appreciate that. That is on him. And that's led to the further probing, the further questions, and all the things on social media that we have seen. So that was Jurgen Klopp's assessment of the event. He did reference Paul Tierney in history, because why wouldn't you looking at what's happened? So can't deny that we do have the history. Not resentful in any way, but that's why I have the feeling I have about Paul Tierney. He did mention, which I like, I was thinking that we, there is this suspicion that Jurgen Klopp does have a Twitter account, let's be honest, for the things he says. It's like he doesn't read what a lot of us put on social media. Mentioned that all the referees do seem angry, and I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. You know, I did a lot of things wrong that day, but one thing I haven't done is lie. Almost as in, maybe a challenge to any FA proceedings, which we well expect to be coming, don't we? Let's be completely honest. Video kind of then followed up around any conversation between, you know, yourself, Howard Webb, Paul Tierney, referencing the, the Ando, Andy Robbo incident with the linesman. Said, no, I didn't know. It's not in my hands. And after a, a great 4-3 where the headline should be about that, it's about me. And I do have that regret. And as he reiterated, it's no one else's fault. He opened that box. He gave them the opportunity. So he understands that. So it's natural those questions were going to come. If it wasn't Vinny O'Connor going first, it would be someone. It's natural that that's going to be the sort of theme of today's running order as we walk through. And you'll probably start to see that, God bless the journals, there's a lot of go. They kept going back despite what topics came up. So the next question was around our recent run. I've got to say this. I'm probably going to repeat it. Six games unbeaten, four wins on the bounce. Six games unbeaten, four wins on the bounce, which seemed like a miracle if you go back a few months. So naturally, the journal asked about, is that the real focus? He said, well, it's not been too much for us as the others, meaning Newcastle United have won their game, so it's not changed too much. And let's be honest, the top four does look a forlorn hope at best, even now. Mentioned that the last game, we showed a bit of everything, referencing that Spurs game. The good, the bad, didn't say the ugly, but we saw that. We took the foot off our gas and we're guilty for that. But credit to the boys for getting that winner. And yeah, that's probably not the worst assessment when we do talk about the things that we saw from the Tottenham performance as well. Then they dive back in. God bless them. So they ask about that. If there was any punishment, would he accept it? Said, I don't know. Was quite honest about that. There's all the things that have been going on that he said he does expect punishment as the refs seem to think I question their integrity. I'm telling you, I think Jurgen Klopp's got a social media account somewhere. What it will be called, I've no idea. But never mind your plane tracking. If anyone can find that out, all answers into Anfield Index. But... He said in the moment, it was describing my feelings and the way it's gone, i.e. with Paul Tierney, 
there is something there. And again, that City red card, the same same player, the same referee, a similar situation. You can't, as he said, I can't say anything. I have to wait. So it was interesting, though, just carefully, I would call, layering it, isn't it, the situation you're in, Clark? Just putting the relevant comments out there, layering it, playing it very carefully, but making it clear how he sees it. Even though we all suspect there will be some form of FA punishment on the way, on the back of discussions with PGMOL, but we will have to see. Then player-wise, because it does seem there's that theme, there's always a player referenced each week. This time, it was Luis Diaz was asked about, and why the heck not after how he's been in that game? So said it was a great goal, great player, been superb since he's come back. He's been absolutely top, but it's clear he cannot play for 90 minutes, which I don't think anyone's surprised about. But as long as he's been on the pitch, he's been fantastic for us. Great to see Lucho get a bit of praise. Great to see him back on the score sheet as well. And you could see on Sunday, couldn't you, what it meant to him, all the things he's been through. Even on the, the social media posts, you could see that emotional side. So we all enjoyed that one on Sunday. Another question, speaking of attackers, he was then asked about his attacking talent. Now, we all know what they were getting with at this, ladies and gents. The six options, as in, you've got it tough, Jürgen. You've got six when they're fit. Isn't it? You know, we know where this is going, trying to get this Nunes annoyed. Is it this? Is it that? Lovely straight back drive through the colours from four by Jürgen Klopp. Said, it's not a challenge. It's the job I have to do, i.e. select three forwards if I want to play with them. Also mentioned at this time, going a little bit early, but it's important to reference that Diogo Jota is struggling with his bruised ribs. So he didn't train before the Spurs game, has played and hasn't really trained since. So that is one that's uh, cast a doubt over. But he was using that in the contact. So well dealt with by Jürgen there. And then the final question, a final go by the journals too. They're a bit of a stirring mood, I would say, today. If anyone asked me to label it, not that you did, but I'm going to anyway. So a bit stirring there that asked about the outside noise and would that affect the team? Jurgen Klopp, stern face, eyes locked on the journo, asked what he meant by that. So the journo, after a bit of mumbling, said, well, you know, what's happened at the weekend? I think Jurgen was a bit surprised by that because I think we maybe we're all thinking the outside noise, i.e. investment, what's happened, transfers, what, what he was going with. but made it clear about what happened at the weekend. Again, dealt very well, very, very well with by Jurgen Klopp. I much prefer I'm in that situation. The focus is on me than any player at all. So, yeah, very, very calm, maybe considered, especially with what's happened. I think we're all still expecting an FA charge to be coming and, we all have our opinions of it. We, we all have a, a pretty low opinion of Paul Tierney. I don't think there's any debate over that. We'll have to see what happens with this charge. I think if, if we're all being honest, and come at me if you want on Twitter, but I'm still going to say this, it's important. We know Jurgen Klopp did wrong at part on Sunday. There's mitigation, clearly, and I understand why. And we defend him on that, but we can't say his actions were perfect. He's admitted that. It's not the first time either, so that's something to, to take into account for the FA. But, Christ, if we're going to take all that into account, please, 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 PGMOL, FA, anyone, think carefully. Don't even think carefully, just think basically about appointing Paul Tierney to any Liverpool games. Here's an idea. 
don't. Simple as that. So we move on to the Spurs game and oof, what a Sunday. A super Sunday for the neutrals. Delirium at the end, wasn't it? It was an absolute neutrals dream that game. Delirium at the end. Everyone bar the Spurs fans and nothing more. The head of the Spurs fans, Martin Tyler, was down. But everyone else was absolutely bouncing in a game that had everything. We were 3-0 up after 15 minutes, well in control. Someone clicked the switch from on to off for some reason. And then it just turned, didn't it? So it's 3-1 at half time, And you're thinking, right, Jürgen's going to get right stuck into them here. Give them an absolute bollocking at half time, And quite rightly, get them switched back on because it wasn't good enough what we saw at the end of that first half. But it didn't really change too much, did it, ladies and gents? And even in the second half, you look, Son hit the, the woodwork. Romero, maybe offside, I don't know, but he hit the woodwork as well. You know, we, we gave up some... Some soft goals. I didn't even seem that good just playing through the middle or mistakes, whether it be a slip or positioning. And then, yeah, the equaliser of Richarlison, of all people, the little pigeon himself. But it made it even sweeter in a way, didn't it? When Diogo Jota steers in again with that left foot. Maybe Even with Salah, maybe there's no other player I'd want to be taking that shot on in the last minute than that boy, number 20. Sticks it in in the 90th plus five minute. And even in that, for all those talking points, there's an honest shout, whatever anyone says, there's an honest shout for two red cards. In fact, if both have been given us red cards, I wouldn't really be arguing too much. I have to be completely honest about that. I mean, we talked about it in Discord and various areas that the honest thoughts are, it just shows at that top level, you cannot clock off for a minute. You cannot switch the mode from off to on. It's a mentality thing. A mentality is something we've levelled at this squad throughout the season. There was almost the, the deja vu feel of, oh, well, Newcastle hammered these 5-0 at half-time, you know, game we're just going to run rampant. If you keep it going, they clocked off, they switched down, and it was far too open. It was great to see. I mean, there is positives that, you know, we start scoring again. We start making things happen. We can really get our team. There's no two ways about it. But at the same time, there's this worry, isn't there? We, we, we're not getting clean sheets. We are far too open. Even Sunday, I didn't think Alisson had a great game by any means. But how many times have we almost asked that man to bail us out this season? We cannot just ask it of him every week. Also in this formation this set up for all the pros and god there's a lot of pros for the attackers for Trent especially as well we know how well he's doing you cannot deny the pros you cannot deny the cons here ladies and gents we are too open Robo and Canate I think they're maybe being asked to do too much personally in this system so when they don't perform at the level I think that needs context it really does the pressure that's being put on them I've also seen this recent thing on, on Twitter, especially people say, oh, you can't really analyse the rest of the season with this formation switch because if you've got to wait till next season, the personnel. Absolute nonsense. If this is the formation, the style, whatever you want to call it, that we're going to play, you have to look to see what you're observing right now. How is Trent working? What are the pros? What are the cons? 
Are they asking too much of people? Do we potentially need to upgrade even on existing personnel? I think we know the answer to that. You can all have a debate in certain positions, but we know the deep down answer. But also then, the Trent thing around, is it a right back? Is it a midfield? Where do we see him? All those things are important to analyse, even down to which I think personally, the front three who are the best suited or the best personnel if everyone's fit. I know that's maybe a fanciful question, as it were, or thoughts, but if you look at what's happening at the moment, I think it's prevalent. So it is important to assess this still, what we're seeing, especially as it's important, say it again, six without defeat, four wins on the bounce. All those things are relevant. We normally ask it this time as well about anyone in or out. Sunday, I think, played a part as in what's happened, shall we say. The context is everything for the lineup. I think Harvey played solely because we were all gutted and disappointed about Thiago not being there. And naturally, at the, the same time, Hendo's played a lot of games and probably was a a bit of a stinker, if I'm being honest, against West Ham. Seems to be pretty unanimous on Twitter. But he has played a lot of games recently, so I do think it's important to give him a bit of a rest. So Harvey was going to come in. I think, again, it comes down to there's there's limitations in, in regards to who can do what and what Jurgen Klopp wants to do for those two points. We know we need signings. The big thing I did want to focus on, I did an article on this the other day. I almost feel like this front three, Gakpo, Salah, Diaz, could well be wrong, but it would not be the first time by any means. But this is the closest front three Jurgen Klopp can now field to the original OGs, can't he? When Bobby does go, obviously Mane's gone. If you look at who he's got there, Diaz was bought as the Mane replacement. You know, there's no doubts about that. We did all expect it. Let's not lie. Let's not pretend. But as it stands, Cody Gakpo is growing every game in that forward position. He's also doing things that we like, dropping down or dropping between the lines, I should say, linking the play well. He's got that acceleration, which to be fair, even Bobby didn't have off the mark. Then again, he probably doesn't hold it up quite as well as Bobby or link it exactly to that style. But... If you want that original front three, or if Jurgen Klopp is indeed trying to replicate that original front three, this three that started is the closest that he has. And that might well explain, I'm saying this, when I talk about my lineup as well. So moving on to the threats that Fulham possessed, in one way, and this is Liverpool all over because it won't work out this way, this should genuinely be the perfect game on paper. Fulham have lost their last two. Now, the real context is Villa away, look how they're flying, and even City at home. You know, look, look at those two teams, so that's the important context. But they're missing a talisman, isn't it, Mitrovic, ever since, you know, officials, again, we have to speak about them and what happened. Interesting team as well. They've got Pal I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, the boy they got in from the sport in Lisbon, a player that we've been linked with, apparently on our list, so to speak, who's really impressed this season. Even Vinicius up top has been doing well for them this season as Marco Silva continues to deploy that favoured 4-2-3-1. And it was interesting, and, and rightly, that Jurgen Klopp praised their season. However, I did say on paper, I was thinking, why are you bigging them up and then saying that on paper? They are 10th, 
They are literally the definition of the mid-table team that could, I'm saying could, have their flip-flops on, ladies and gents. They are 10th. They are five points behind 9th and five points ahead of 11th. Not that they have nothing to play for, but you kind of hope, let's be honest, that is in their mindset. They're just thinking Ibiza, Marbella, wherever they're heading off at the end of season. The one other thing to note that I'm noticing as well when you look at Fulham, there's going to be goals in this game because we can't keep a clean sheet at the moment. They ship as well. There's going to be goals either way. The one thing this will not be is a nil-nil. But they do have talents within that team. Decode over Reed, always good for a goal now and again. So we have had troubles as well. And you're thinking back to the 2-2, the opening game of the season, they may think about that as a formula, which sounds great. But again, Mitrovic, isn't it? Their biggest loss. So there is threats. But for a mid-table team that have just started to slip away from the pace, you can just hope that that's in their mentality. And hopefully it's not us that clocks off at this point. So the formation and lineup. Now, this, this is the interesting one because there's been a lot of, I wouldn't say criticism, but just questions asked recently, especially around Andy Robbo. And I don't think he was that good, particularly against Spurs. I do think at times, though, he was left exposed and asked to do a lot. I think that's real context. I mean, I saw people criticising him on the first goal. I mean, I think there's an element of, how would I put it? Misfortune to say, I know people are loving when Virgil van Dijk slips the way it's going, but he got across well, having just previously before blocked it on the line. It just happens to slip. And then people asking about Andy Robert. Well, there's two there for him to mark. And it's an easy ball for Perisic to chip over and Kane to volley home. But that aside, I do not think Robbo had the best of games. But at the same time, if they are going to play this sort of 3-2-5, if you want to call it that, in possession, I am not sure Kostas Simikas is the man to come into almost a, a back three in possession. So my suspicion is for the formation and lineup. You are looking, and rhythm keeps coming up, doesn't it? Rhythm, as mentioned by Jurgen Klopp, he wants to keep that going. We're on a roll, so to speak. It's going to be the backfire for me, as in Alisson, Trent, Virgil, Ibu, and Robbo. Midfield, there doesn't, for all the chat, there doesn't really seem to be that many options. Curtis, in brilliant form right now, out of all of them, you cannot drop him. Fab. All the talk about close to the two games, and I wouldn't say he's been brilliant, but it's been quite often an acceptable level, I would say. And I think naturally in this game for rotation, Hendo only played the half an hour or so. And obviously, there's nothing really about Thiago, but will come back in. So that will be the midfield, I think, or the three midfielders that are picked Curtis Jones, Fabinho, and Hendo. Forward line. I do think it's going to be the same again. And I know, I almost hope in a way that if this rings true, there are questions asked a little bit around Jurgen Klopp's motivation because he did say a good few weeks ago, Darwin Nunes will start games before the end of the season. I'm not seeing it. In fact, for the, the last bit, I wouldn't say Nunes looked disinterested, but there must be a little bit of him hard, you know, hard to keep fully, fully switched on, even, you know, no matter what we expect. Almost on, on Sunday, look at it. It was Thiago giving the little boy a little kiss, a little snuggle, wasn't it, to get him, you know, clued in a little bit of a boost, as it were. So 
I do think it's going to be that same front three, the closest he can feel to the originals. I think you'll see Diaz on the left, Gapo in the middle. Mo Salah's always going to be on the right, isn't he? But that is my expectation, that especially with Jota having the knock to the back, that takes care of itself. You could argue, and it wouldn't surprise me with three games in a week if there was rotation. I do believe, though, that he will start that front three and look to get Nunes on. Maybe, maybe my suspicion tells me, rightly or wrongly, a little bit earlier than normal. We're seeing Darwin up for that last sort of 15-minute period, but I do think he will get a few more minutes, which would be smart, realistically, with three in a week. But we will have to see. So, yeah, sticking with that, Alisson, Trent, VVD, Ibu, Robbo, a midfield of Curtis Jones, Fabinho and Hendo, and the three in attack, Luis Diaz, Cody Gakpo up top, and Mo Salah on the right, which pretty much, as we said, is just a singular change. But we will find out on Wednesday night soon enough. Prediction-wise, this is a, a tough one in a way because I cannot predict anything other than a Liverpool win, but I cannot predict at the same time that we will keep a clean sheet. This is the compromise we've gone with a little bit, isn't it, people? Let's be honest, till the end of the season. We've gone open. A bit too open, you could argue. But in our current situation, maybe the best form of defence is the attack outscore the opposition, give our forwards or make our forwards the difference, if you want to call it that. And part of that risk is sides are hitting the woodwork. We are coughing up chances. There is a lot being asked of certain people, I would say, specific players within this formation. But it's not really hard to argue why we are in the position we are in. And again, it's six unbeaten and four wins on the bounce. So, that's the sort of key crux of the prediction, which I am going for a hearty 4-1 victory at home. We will not keep a clean sheet, but we are in the goals at the moment. So I am going for, and actually feel that the goals will come later. So I'm not saying it's going to be a comfortable like you know, we go up and Fulham don't have anything. But I think maybe later on, 4-1. And who, who else? Mo Salah. 28 goals already this season. He's going to hit the magic 30 mark. Maybe not in this game, but the smart odds say that. So a 4-1 victory and Mo Salah. And naturally, this is about, ladies and gents, it's one of those games, and even for this week, just get the points and continue. I would also say it's a big, it's still a big week in a way, because if you get the result here, and naturally we're not going to think too far ahead, but if you get the result around Brentford, I bet you there is a good, good few that will just be thinking and starting to look, how much is travel and accommodation to that Europa League final in Dublin? Honestly, I think if we win these next two, I know people are going to talk about you know, Brighton and all those, but you just look at the results of the others and the fact that because of the FA Cup final, the top six will get the Europa League. I think it's completely natural. We cast our eyes towards Dublin, the Europa League final. And I know someone's going to be shouting, like, what are you talking about? And thinking how Jurgen Klopp said about 
booking Istanbul. It's bullish, but it's hopeful. It's optimistic. It's the way to be at the moment. Again, six undefeated, four wins on the bounce. I've got five times now, quite impressively, or not, as the case may be. So it's right to be bullish again. Doesn't everything smell better, look better, taste better when Liverpool are winning again? So I will leave you with that final thought, ladies and gents. That has been your post-conference presser ahead of Fulham for Anfield Index. I've been Dave Davis. Good day to you all. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.